I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Hey folks, it's Sean and Craig. Before we jump in, we want to tell you about New York Times Audio, a new iOS app for New York Times news subscribers. It's got our show plus other great podcasts from The Athletic, exclusive shows, narrated articles, and more. New York Times Audio. Download it now at nytimes.com slash audio app. Hey, everybody. It is bright and early on a Monday morning for Sean and I. Not normally mm-hmm. recording on a Monday, but here's the deal. We are maybe the best teammates you could have. And our Canadian friends, who does the Monday show? I can't. Not sure. It's hard to say. They're celebrating, as people do up there, uh, Victor- Victoria Day or Vic. Mm-hmm. Queen, the Queens. As they're ce- celebrating Victoria Day in the colonies. <laughs> so here we Happy are. Happy Victoria Day. I, I've got so much stuff to do, but here we are on a Monday cramming in a, an athletic hockey show. And it's a great show. It's going to be a great show because we've got Dallas Akins who um, 
last stop was with the Anaheim Ducks. We, we'll ask him about this, but tough stretch of time to be the coach of the Ducks in <laughs> retrospect. You really, uh, gosh, when I, cause he, we mentioned this in his exit statement, whenever they decided not to bring him back, he, you know, said, uh, honor to be the coach of the Ducks going through COVID <laughs> and a rebuild. <laughs> 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 Ooh, uh, the GM, mm, there is a GM, GM change. Um, yeah. Um, I saw a lot of him on the Sportsnet panel when I was covering the Oilers King series. Did a good job. Did a good job. That seems mm-hmm. like that's a, that's work that'll be there for him if he wants to seek it over the next little bit. Pretty good chemistry with everyone there. I enjoyed watching yeah. him seriously. I'm not surprised he's doing well in that role. I I would be, and we'll, we'll find out, I would be surprised if that would be satisfying for him as I mean, who wants to just sit and talk in front of microphones and say, that's what I do for uh, a living? What kind of losers would do that, <laughs> you know? Can we talk? Let's talk playoffs just briefly. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of interesting things going on around the league. And, but uh, the Vegas is up 2 nothing on the Dallas Stars. And um, Jack Eichel... Like this is, you know, it, we're watching him, watching it play out. We're watching him play really well. This is why you go out and get Jack Eichel. And it seems really obvious now, but there was moments in time where it was like, boy, what is, you know, Vegas is just completely uprooted team chemistry. I think I said that, like you were hearing that. They they just mm-hmm. were bringing in all these stars and it, it wasn't really working. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, this, this point where they had hit a wall in the past or maybe struggled and, you know, a guy like Jack Eichel is the kind of player that can strap a team onto his back if he wants and, and get you there. Uh, he's yeah. been pretty great. Guess what we saw last night? Yeah. Saw Jack Eichel do just that. Mm-hmm. They were That was a game, and Vegas is now up 2-0 in that series against Dallas. That was a game that they had no business winning at all. They were down late. Ass was dragging basically yeah. throughout, the, throughout the entire game. And who was it? <laughs> Scoring the goal, strapping themselves, to the, like again, strapping that team to his mm-hmm. back. That was, that's Jack Eichel. That's why you go out and get him. And I think he's shown signs of this. Really, throughout the playoffs, it was something that I that I truly like went out of my way to write after a game in Edmonton because I think it bears repeating, and I think it bears saying or maybe saying for the first time about Jack Eichel in Vegas. This dude is still, for whatever reason, after being slept on for the last two years, he's an elite player. Clearly. Clearly, and it's like something people forgot because of the bullshit that went on in Buffalo, where they, you know, weren't going to, I mean, what it boils down to is they weren't going to allow him to have the surgery on his neck that he wanted, ends up leaving town over that, rightfully so, understandably so. First year with Vegas is marked by that, right? Because he's re- he's coming back from the, he's coming back from the, from the surgery and whatever else. And then this season... He had a groin injury or a lower body body injury that kept him out for a month. When he came back from that, from, you know, January on, he's one of the best five-on-five players in the league. Mm-hmm. In Vegas, his power play is not great, and part of that is probably because of Jack Eichel. So, you can pocket, you can stick that on a shelf, right? We don't, like, that is something that it, I would imagine is going to need to be addressed at some point in Vegas. But Jack Eichel as a five-on-five player is fantastic. Yeah. He he averaged as many five on five points per sixty this season as Connor McDavid did. 
Hmm. And we and that was that forgotten. A true fact. For, it is a true fact. And I, I say and I say this because I've written however many Vegas playoff previews and wrote something specifically about Jack after he had just a beast of a game in Edmonton where the whole toolkit was on display for him, right? Where you see the skating and you see the create, you see the creativity and you see the effort defensively. Mm-hmm. That's why you go out and get Jack Eichel. And we've seen it several times throughout this playoff, th- throughout these playoffs, not just in the Dallas series, but last night was the best example imaginable, right? Cause that's why you go out and get him. You go out and get, and that's why if you're Vegas, you go out and get Mark Stone or you go yeah. out and get Jack Eichel. So you have those guys at the top of the, at the top of your lineup that can just shift into that fifth gear or sixth gear and say like, all right, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to take control for the next 10 minutes of this game. And that's what we saw last night. You know, it's funny in terms of roster construction. This is the criticism of the Toronto Maple Leafs is they're too, too top heavy with stars. Like it was when it's not going well, when it wasn't in Vegas, it was like, they don't have the depth. Look at all the depth they've lost. And now, you know, now it's like, look at their stars, rise. This is what happens when the stars rise to the occasion in the big moments. I mean, you're counting on that, but that's, I think that's what you want when you're building a team. Absolutely. And it's, and it's also what happens when you have that, it's wild that we're sitting here about to gas up Vegas as an example of thoughtful roster construction, because that's not necessarily true, but <laughs> it all comes out in the wash. And what we have there are elite players making elite money who are producing, but also that second class right that like upper middle class where it's guys who aren't making 10 million dollars or 9 million dollars but you also have a pretty defined hierarchy of a cup of a few players at the top making a ton of money and then a viable middle class yeah. that are th- that are giving you return on on your investments and i think that you know by hook or by crook whether it's luck whatever it is that's what vegas has ended up with and that's what i think as you tried to segue into talking about Kyle Dubas and the Pittsburgh Penguins, which we will, I think that's what that's we've really trying to do missed from Toronto. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that because they're paying their top five players, you know, what whatever it is, almost fifty million dollars, but between them, Corey Priman just dropped a redraft of the 2015 draft today. Had Eichel going one over McDavid, really, really surprising that you <laughs> are really switching the narrative so quickly. <laughs> I'm just joking, folks. McDavid's I a better to, player. So, I, one, 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 Did you one more thing about Jack, side? too. No, no, no. Oh. I, so, that was the day of the draft lottery. That was the day that... Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So, Bedard... It's Bedard's miss for, for the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have had that pick, but whatever. <laughs> Anaheim Ducks end up with Adam Fantilli. Uh-huh. And it just seemed like a fitting thing, but also like a forgotten thing where we're watching Jack Eichel play against Connor McDavid in Edmonton, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew that Jack wasn't going to want to talk about it. I waited until the end of the scrum and just was like, hey, man, like, is there any extra juice doing it on a day like this? in this particular place against Connor. And he was like, nope, 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 not at all. Don't care. Yeah. Nothing. Nope. Never I mean, mind. For you. I mean, good for you for at least getting, because then, then you can it's work part of the, your lead. Cause, cause yeah. I'm sorry, man. It's, it's always, it's part, always of the narrative. part of the narrative. It, yeah. That's the way it goes. What if he wins the cup before Connor? Like, no. that's what, no, no, I'm not saying any, no. I'm just saying like, Number one in a redraft. I'm not saying redraft, but it's like, it's going to be, you know, be good great. for him. It'd be great. It'd be great for him. Cause he, cause, cause you know what? He, he would always have that. Yeah. Would always have. And be like, well, 
Hunter's a good player, but how many cups does he have? Yeah, that's points, the, point, points of the ring finger. Count the rings, man. All right. We have to get to Dallas, so we, I don't want to spend too much time here, but you're in Pittsburgh. Kyle Dubas, uh, you know, I don't think it's it's uh, crazy to say that he might be number one on their wish list as a GM, as he should be. I, you know, I think how that played out in Toronto, we don't need to rehash it because we had 45 We're stories good. on our site. We're good, We're good, good there, but yeah. what a mess. What a mess. And they're going to get what they deserve, I think, ultimately in Toronto. Toronto? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. What a disaster. But um, the fun, the one, the, the one thing that I, that I do want to say about that, and then, then we can move on. It's, and this is just like watching it from afar. It is so wild to see this is pure dysfunction. Yeah, pure dysfunction right. when you have, when nobody involved with a situation wants the outcome to be what it is. And that's where it ended you have, up. You have Brendan Shanahan who's like, I don't want this. You have Kyle Dubas who doesn't want this. Yeah. And yet here they are in a situation that nobody wanted to be in the first place, having to suck it up and deal with it because of their own mismanagement and, you know, ego based, you know, silliness. Yeah. Right. It's wild that in that to me, organizationally, when you talk about sports, that is the, that is the best example of dysfunction I can imagine yeah. seeing when you, when you, nobody involved wants things to be this way. And yet it's the way that they are. And now, now Toronto has to find a GM, maybe break up the core the draft is like there's no time to do it. The best GM on the market is the guy they just walked away from. I mean, so anyways, Austin Matthews no move kicks in on July one disaster, and it's like, well, we don't want to rush, but uh, you know, there uh, are, we have the to calendar rush. is saying you have to rush. <sighs> we all we all have to do things we don't want to do, oh, like so like record a podcast mm. on. King Charles's birthday or whatever, whatever this is. Has so many plans. What do you do on Victoria? Do you barbecue? I'm, I'm assuming you like grill know. things. That sounds you like just chill. Bring out the your, pass off work onto your coworkers. Mm -hmm. I was going to do all of that today until we got this call. Um, <laughs> if so, we've talked a little bit about this because we thought this would be a possibility. Pittsburgh, sure, they want Kyle. It, he seems to align with everything. You know, they. It sounds like analytics are an important part of the decision making. Look, mm -hmm. he just, he ran a great, like he did a good job running uh, um, the the program there in Toronto under very difficult circumstances. Um, but if you're Kyle, do you want the Pittsburgh Penguins? That's what I come back to. Like you're leaving a team that was like wide open in a Stanley Cup competition ability, and now you would be going to Pittsburgh, where what are you? You're tearing it down. You're Kyle Davidson. This is all going to come down to how well the Fenway Sports Group sells Kyle Dubas on working for them. Mm. Not necessarily about the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think that's an interesting opportunity. You get to I run a soccer team or something on the side? Just throw a few crumbs. They have experience working with, with like, I don't want to say rock star executives, but like that's the home of Theo Epstein, right? Mm -hmm. For, for, for a while there, the, 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 the come up for for Theo Epstein came with that group on and on. There's there's lists there, and they have a history of hiring of developing people like Kyle Dubas and hiring people like Kyle Dubas and making them pretty inexorable parts of their of their of their corporate culture. And that's like honestly the le the level of sh of shit that we're talking about here, right? They've paid people like Kyle Dubas a whole lot of money to run the Boston Red Sox and some of their other their other sports concerns. It's on them to sell that to sell that hockey team as the place for Kyle Dubas in the, in the next phase of his career. I don't think it, it's certainly not the other way around. 
if they want him, they need to they need they need to go out they need to go out and convince him. But I think that's important to say. Like this is, this shouldn't be Kyle Dubas. People need to realize this isn't Kyle Dubas seeking a job. This is Fenway Sports Group trying to sell themselves to Kyle Dubas. I think the I think the time frame is really interesting. I think they were getting probably pretty close to to making a decision, not just on who to hire, but how many people to hire. Uh-huh. Whether it was a whether it was a Poho GM situation or whatever, what the what the organizational well, layout was that now like Poho is a thing. Yeah, it's a very very obnoxious. I actually, I'm sorry for using yeah, that. I, I, need that, to, that I, need, I need not presence of hockey president of hockey operations. I think they were close to making a decision. There, there was a round of interviews that turned into a shorter round of interviews, mm-hmm. and I think there's. It seemed like they were in the end game, and I think that they had resigned themselves to not getting Kyle Dubas. There's a reason that things progressed and escalated after the Toronto Maple Leafs first round win. Because they were in a holding pattern there for a little bit. Yeah, you're like, wow. Now we're all starting to hear about like they're bringing in Mm -hmm. eight people, 10 people, 12 people. They're cutting that down to to a shorter list. All of that happened after the Leafs advanced in the first round. And now it's like timeout because they, I think on some level, the Fenway people, understandably, just like anybody, had said, he's going to stick. He's like, or, or something, or something or similar to that. Be something really weird would happen for this to well, end something, badly. <laughs> something really crazy would have to happen if Kyle if Kyle Dubas wasn't the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, next season, and, and also was looking for another job. Like I think they took that. I think they took mm-hmm. the Leafs' success in the first round, and also the things that Kyle Dubas said, you know, publicly to yeah. some extent. Like I think they took it seriously, so they got farther down the road without having Kyle Dubas as as a consideration. And now they have to account for the for the ver- for the reality that the guy they wanted all along is now available. Is now available. So I think there's been a little bit of a shift. I think they've had to, you know, probably change the plan over the last three days. And we will now see because you know, I don't think they want this to last that much longer. That's the other thing. I like there was they clearly. I think they want something done relatively soon. This isn't like we're going to we're going to walk this up to the we're going to rely on our scouting staff to get us through the draft or whatever. I th- they want people they want people in place. So we'll see. There's a saying in hockey, of course everyone knows this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know everybody. Always have your GMs hired made by Queen Victoria's birthday. <laughs> like that's that's kind that, of common. That's actually that's actually uh I think that's the official Canadian like state motto it's on the money <laughs> state motto of canada is that Con- your gm is it, co- Victoria's is it a country what is it really <laughs> protectorate it's like guam for for england i believe well we'll ask we'll ask dallas akins all of these questions and more when we're back looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We're now thrilled to be joined by longtime coach, now maybe media personality. I don't know, Dallas. You have to fill us in uh, if this is going to extend beyond your work in the playoffs. Uh, Dallas Akins joins us. First of all, thanks. Good to see you, Dallas. How are you? Hey, great to see you guys, too, uh, and doing well. Yeah. Okay, the first question I have for you, this is, um, I need to know, in order to get anything out of your pantry, do we still have to do sit-ups and push-ups? I saw, I think we, one of your daughters had put a sign up on your pantry that said uh, three three push-ups in, three push-ups out, because that sounds like a, could be helpful for me personally. a lot of work to get a snack. I could actually use, I could use this. Yeah, uh, that you know what that was during. I think that was during COVID. Oh, is that old? I didn't. I just saw that pop up. Yeah, yeah, but it, uh, it it was up there for a while, and it was actually it's amazing that uh, uh, our daughter caught on to that because she just was like, "Hey, the only reason anybody goes in here is they grab bad food, like snack <laughs> right. on something, right?" <laughs> and so it, it was fun. We had that going for uh, a while in the household. We actually moved homes uh, last year. And the the sign didn't make it to the new home, so uh, <laughs> no. I'm able I'm able to sneak in there uh, guilt free that I'm not ignoring the sign. <laughs> That's great. That's great. We'll we'll transfer that over here. We need that here. It's it's a real issue in our household. Um, so you know, Dallas, I just want to, if we can, start with Anaheim because you know we were, it, it's. I remember you know when the news came out and you were like super gracious as you know as you always are and and kind of thanking everybody for the opportunity, but it was also like a reminder of really what you had to deal with. It was like you know unbelievable opportunity in, in San Diego, then COVID, and then a rebuilding process. Like that's a really as a coach a difficult. you know stretch of time but i know how your mindset is you're like you know you can learn something through anything so that's i'd be curious what what that kind of what you took away from that experience well i i really think it's uh important i don't care what you do is to go back have some really good self-evaluation um understand history and then get to your circumstance really quickly um, and it's those choices and uh, circumstance that reveal your character and it, it allows you to keep moving forward. The, the history in Anaheim is what it was. I, I had an unbelievable opportunity to go into San Diego, brand new franchise, uh, get hockey going down there. And it was just an incredible uh, experience for, for four years. We won a lot of hockey games. We developed uh, kids like Montour and Shafi mm-hmm. and uh, I, the, the list can go on and on. And then the opportunity in Anaheim uh, comes, uh, amazing opera opportunity. And but it was a little gray what we were doing. Uh, you know, are, are we going into a rebuild? Are we going to try to retool it? We we're trying to insert young players. You know, still try to win. But you know, it it, it was a it was a little bit gray. But but my time there, when I look back, it's. It is what it is. You know, the, the, my first season gets shut down by COVID. Uh, second uh, season is uh, full COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we get into the third year. 
Um, my, my boss who, you know, I had a lot of respect for who, you know, did his business a little bit old school. He gets let go. Um, and, and then a new manager comes in and declares rebuild and, and trades away all of our, our guys. And we had that team that year. We were near the top of our division, uh, at Christmas time, you know, and then everything started swirling and then, you know, it's very, very rare that a manager comes in and, and ends up keeping the coach. I was you know, really grateful to uh, uh, have a year with them, but, but I, I got the sense of what was coming. And the, I, I think it's just important to be yourself on the way out the door. And I, I guess I could be bitter and disappointed and, and all these things. The, the only thing I'm disappointed uh, about is I know my relationships with the players uh, and I know some of them will just slowly go away. Now there's there's a handful in there that never will. It's kind of like my relationships that I still have with like Kadri and Luke Shan and and guys that I've coached in the past. So that that saddens me because every player in that dressing room is, is like my son. Hmm. Never, I've never really thought of that. Honestly, it's like I mean, because that's not relationships that we have because we're we're not we're not hockey coaches but like you can you get that sense when it's like is it like seeing you know an old friend that you've fallen out of touch with and it's there's always that level of like wistfulness or or, or kind of you know bitter bittersweet bittersweet moments when you come across you know these these guys who, who you were around so closely and so and you know in, intensely for for years then maybe time passes and the idea the idea of you running into running into people at events or whatever and just being like oh okay it's not it's not like it was before. I, I that's that's something I, I don't think I'd given I'd given too much thought to. Yeah, it, you know what? It is like seeing an old friend for, for yeah. me. I, I guys all the time that I've either coached or I, I've coached or maybe even sometimes played with. And but the the kids that you coached, it's always a you know a pretty special relationship. And and, and I think you get really misunderstood, especially as a coach, uh, quickly when, when you've coached a rebuilding team like people just look at it and go oh man that that must have been a disaster they're you know that room must have been really bad like everything's bad and, and it's not we we fully understood where we were as a team we were trying to get better every day i, I do think we got better in a number of, of spots I, I think the team is going to be really well served with some of our players development and um and i'm going to keep cheering for them it, it's uh you know, like in, a, in an hour from now, I'm going to go run. And I'm going to have my Anaheim and Duck shirt on mm-hmm. because I'm a fan. And mm-hmm. so it, it's, uh, I, I think the whole people get, I, well, I, I think this, I think people choose to really get mad and, and uh, upset and all these things. Um, and I, I guess there are sometimes it's warranted, but for me here, it's very different. I have so much love for the ownership here. There'll be people that I'm in touch with for the rest of my life. And uh, it's nothing but uh, I, I'm going out the door with a great experience and, and a lot of love. I was, I was watching the Sportsnet broadcast of the of the lottery. And you said uh, ahead of time, not, of course, wasn't surprised to hear this, but you're you're rooting for the Ducks to to win the first overall pick, right? Like That's not something obviously is oh, absolutely that, then. And that isn't what happened, but they're still in a pretty good spot. They have the second overall pick, whether it ends up being, you know, Fantilli or whoever the choice does end up being there. I, I'm just wondering, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the, the Simulis and, you know, own, own ownership there and, and, and whatever else. Uh, 
what kind of organization is, you know, Adam Fantilli or, or one of those top prospects coming into it at, at this point? Why is that? Why is that a place that you know someone should be should, should be excited to land? Well, they're going to get opportunity. Number one, yeah, uh, just the way the roster set up. So that that's really important. Um, you know, our ownership here, uh, Henry and Susan Samueli, uh, their daughter Jillian does an amazing job, just an amazing job with San Diego. Um, if there's anybody that's deserving uh, of being in a management position uh, in the NHL, it's her. That mm-hmm. that uh, lady has certainly paid her dues over the years. But like they, they are just giving people to our community here, and they are our hands off. They're more fans than 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 anything. Now Jillian's a little different. Uh, she she's running the show uh, in, in San Diego and doing a, a great job of that. But they're coming into a, a, a really well-rounded uh, organization. Um, and, and whoever that person is that, that's coming in out of this, uh, th- this draft, they're, they're also coming into uh, a community where you can go play, uh, you can come in and work, and there's not a lot of noise. Mm. Like, you know, I was just in Toronto for a couple of weeks, and I, I had forgotten. Uh, about those Canadian markets mm-hmm. and, and what a buzzsaw it is and how you have to be so disciplined on how you think. So, you know, whoever this young man is that's coming in, he's coming into a, a, a really well-grounded organization, a place that he can quietly develop. And you know what? That high pick, it was necessary. Mm-hmm. It was so necessary for the Ducks. Like the the organization needed a top three pick this year it was just absolutely necessary i know the record looks bad but it's basically mission accomplished uh you mentioned the canadian market i like i we're we're both americans we've been watching trevor zegers play a long time sean and i and i would be curious, like i imagine he, if he was in toronto or something the, the narrative around him might be completely different or at least louder what what are your thoughts on Trevor? His, the way he's he's kind of burst into the league, and you know what he needs, needs to do to get better moving forward. Well, he's I think he's a really misunderstood young man. Uh, he he's got an, a wonderful sense of humor. He's really light all the time. Uh, really verbal kid uh, in every sense of the way. Um, you know, if, if uh, you and I use three thousand words a day, he's probably at six or seven thousand words. It's <laughs> you know he he's a really really uh, verbal kid, just nonstop talk. Um, he's obviously very, very skilled. Um, you know everybody sees that he he's a, a, has the ability to to pull off some you know just jaw dropping things on the ice, and he's not a hot dog though. Like he's not out there trying to it. It just comes to him naturally. Um, he just feels it and he does it. Um, and, and I think that's really important for everybody to to understand. You know, his, his growth is he just needs more reps. It, it's in every sense of the, you know, the the word. He, he needs more reps in the weight room. Uh, he just needs time to pass that his uh, body and his brain can uh, mature He's going to continue to learn the lessons of it's these little things in the game, the things that you're seeing in the playoffs right now that win you games mm-hmm. and lose you games. Mm-hmm. And he's just not there yet. And that's okay. Like, that's okay. That's part of a young player's development. Um, they're, they're, they're not the same player, but I, 
I know exactly what Troy Terry went through uh, on his. And, you know, a, a lot of the uh, ups and downs that Trevor goes through are the same things that Troy Terry's gone through. And Troy Terry's on the other side just because he's matured. So I think the biggest thing for, for, uh, for Z is that everybody needs to take a breath and let the young man uh, go about his business. You're going to have to uh, readjust his steering wheel every once in a while. And, and there, there needs to the, have, you need to have the challenge with him that he is going to get stronger, really take a, a, an interest in, in the smaller things that win you games. Uh, but, but I have no doubt in my mind that th- this kid's going to be really special uh, in the future. You mentioned the gray area that you had to exist in with the Ducks at the, at the, at the start, right? Where it was, are we trying to win games now? Are we going to do whatever? There, there was that sort of middle, you know, mushy middle that, that you guys were in at times. And I think a big part of that was because it was because of John Gibson, because you guys had a proven goaltender, you know, who'd, who'd, who's accomplished quite a bit as, as a starter in, in the NHL uh, in, in net there. I just, I, I, I want to know what the last year or two was like working with him and, and, uh, and, you know, maybe trying to maintain, you know, his mindset in a, in a, in a situation that was, you know, not necessarily where a guy in the prime of his career would, would want to be. Well, I'll tell you what, it, 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 uh, it wasn't always rainbows and butterflies. I'll tell you that. And, and I love that. Uh, I, I love John Gibson, like my son, and I wish I could take out some of that DNA out of him and put it into other people because this kid is so driven to win. That's all he wants to do. He doesn't want his time wasted. He's there to win and that's it. And, you know, and, and this is where a sense of history is, is really necessary with, uh, in organizations and for people to look at. It's just not this last year that's war on him. Like, it's been six years, right? I was a coach there for four. Things had been going south uh, with the Ducks two years before I got there. And so th- this is really uh, worn on him. And he's a, he, all he wants to do is the three letters, W, I, N, that's it. And so I, I think it's been a real struggle for him. Um, I have nothing but the most amount of respect. I love this kid and in every sense of the word love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, him and I have had a lot of conversations uh, over the years. Um, what comes for him uh, next will be, I think, really, really interesting to, to watch. Um, I, know, I know there's the narrative out there. Oh, his numbers. Oh, his game. He's declining. To me, that's a bunch of BS. Uh, the, this kid's got it. And, um, I, I'm just really interested to see what's going to happen next for him. You, uh, you coach with Paul Maurice in Toronto and it's, you know, Paul is on another run here. And I, I just wanted to get your insight, um, as somebody who's coached with him against him through the years. What do you think it, it is about him? I mean, clearly Florida and Bill Zito identified something that this is a guy that need, we need here to go on a run. Uh, you know, that, that was when they, they kind of reworked things. That was clearly the priority. What is it about Paul's approach that you think tends to work well this time of year? Well, you, you know what I love about Paul? It's a great reminder of the narrative that gets out there about uh, mm. players, sometimes about coaches. Let's rewind yeah. Winnipeg. Can't coach, terrible coach, got to get rid of him, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh, 
Oh, that, that was just Sean. Corner? I was. I thought Sean whoa, was whoa, hard whoa. on him. That's, but, that is, yeah. Hold on a second. That's not. That's not true. We we look. That's what has the last season been about on, on both ends of that? You. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it was you, but I just Craig is and he's and he's and he's making shit up here. We can be honest. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just I love that. Or like, oh, Sam Bennett in Calgary can't do this, yeah. can't do. This. Yeah. Oh, oh, geez, yes, he can. So <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but you know what, Paul Maurice, he's a great friend of mine. Uh, he actually gave me my first chance uh, uh, as a coach. He was a head coach of the Toronto Marlies. I was, uh, was my first year of coaching. Um, but Paul Maurice, he is as quick on his feet uh, as anyone. And I, and I think you guys get to see it, obviously, uh, in press conferences. Yeah. Uh, you get to see it on the bench uh, sometimes. Um, he, he was a, just an incredible mentor for me. But he, there's not much he's going to miss. Like His brain moves very, very quickly. Um, he, he's able to communicate uh, very clearly. And he knows when to push buttons and, and i go back to you know i spoke about this a, a few weeks ago you know he people called it that meltdown uh on that bench in toronto uh kind of late in the season and he, he went after his team and then they they finished really really strong and i do not doubt that paul was getting rid of some frustration right then and but i i also know him well enough that it was probably pretty calculated that he was going to light him up and get across his message. Um, if you go back and look at that clip, if you watch Matthew Tuchuk, like he never takes his eyes off Paul the whole time. There's other kids, you know, looking at their skates, you know, trying to just get out of the way of it. Yeah. And, and I thought it was really interesting that, you know, uh, the son of Keith uh, would just never took his eyes off him. But mm. all super quick. He's got a, a, a vast amount of experience. And I, I think he's in the mode now of how much he's coached that he just doesn't give a mouth mm-hmm. yeah. about anything. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to do it his way. And, and I think that's really important. But I, I think he, uh, and, and he would disagree with me, but uh, I am such a fan of his. I believe that he is carrying that team on his back. Definitely. You mentioned Brandon Montour. Hmm. He's a player. Brandon Montour is a guy who you've spent a lot of time with. You, you, you brought him up a few minutes ago. He's made the leap. It feels like in the last in the last year under Paul Maurice. So I'm just wondering if there's any button that Paul has pushed that that you can sense with Brandon Montour that has allowed him to level up under 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 Paul and his staff there because he's been he's been fantastic. He's been great in the playoffs and he was great in the regular season too. Well, everything you see now, like I, I saw in San Diego, and, and I also saw flashes of it uh, when he was in Anaheim. But the the thing that he's gotten this year is, and it goes back to you, the you got to let these kids mature. Like you, you've got to let them mature. Like they are not going to be the same player at uh, twenty two that they are now at twenty seven or twenty nine or, or whatever it is. They they all find their way uh, at different times in their career. I think a lot of it has been opportunity. Um, you know, I, I love the stats at how far he is skating in games compared to mm. others. He is in on everything. And the thing that everybody needs to know about uh, Monty is like, even back then, and I'm sure he is now, like he was the most fit kid at camp. This kid is very fit. Mm. And 
So he can play all night. <laughs> he al- he almost just is- did, by the way. He played almost an hour <laughs> yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah. whatever it was. And, but how about his demeanor in the game? That's the other thing I love. Is like, you know, he, he goes in, he misses a great A chance, and he's laughing, going, I, you know, I can't believe I missed the net, or I can't believe the goalie saved it. Um, he, he loves the game so much that I'm sure in Florida, if there's a road hockey game going down the street, he's jumping in on it. Like <laughs> it, that, that's his passion for the game. So I think a lot of this is just maturity. I, I, I think it's a, a opportunity. Um, Paul coaches where he, he puts a, a, a lot of trust uh, in, in his players. And, you know, like going back, you, you know, you look at the uh, moves that were, you know, made over time here in Anaheim and, and Monty was actually playing quite well. If I remember correctly, I, I think he got moved on because they really thought he was going to cost them way too much money. And when you think the player is going to cost you too much money, what does that mean? Well, it means that he's doing something right. Yeah. It, he's putting up numbers, and um, it, it's it, it saddens me when you when you see that though. Like, you know, he he's drafted by the Ducks, he's developed by the Ducks, uh, and, and now he's somewhere else uh, playing. You could put together a pretty good blue line with the Ducks graduates. You think of all the defensemen they've lost sure. through the last, let's say, five to six years mm-hmm. or whatever it's been. Well. I can sure put it done together. That <laughs> I can put it together really, really quickly uh, for you, and it could be as simple as right here today. It could be very easily be Lindholm, Manson, Fowler, uh, Drysdale, Theodore, Montour, Peterson. I don't know. Did you win with that crew? You think? A little bit. There, what is that? There's seven D. I was going to say you got you got you got Peterson as your seven. It's not bad. That's not yeah. bad. All right. Last thing. You, I mean, you mentioned kind of the pressures, and I, I, this is a bit of a trope. So I don't want to like. I don't know. I, I don't want to like bring up something. But like, you look at the four teams left. You look at all the noise out of Toronto, or you know, another Canadian, you know, another year without a Canadian Stanley Cup. Do you think it's any coincidence, as somebody who's coached in Edmonton and tr- Toronto, and also, you know, you coached in Anaheim? Any coincidence that the four remaining teams are you know, Dallas and Carolina and Vegas, you know, like these teams in Florida that, that can kind of do what they have to do uh, without the major distractions? Well, I, I don't I don't think it's the main reason. Like, I, I, yeah. I think getting to the final four, it's like all these little margins, these little tiny slices of a pie that go your way. Like, you know, it, it could be luck it could be all these different things but i I will say that say this it certainly doesn't help and like if you're in a canadian market so like you know i coached in edmonton and i coached in uh uh, toronto and i and i know the challenges and it's amazing how you know i haven't coached in one of those markets now in over eight years uh but being up there for hockey night canada Mm -hmm. i got the real quick reminder and the biggest thing that comes to my brain is like I, I think if I ever work in a Canadian market again, I think it's almost like you need to really push discipline and the discipline um, and, and the awareness of, okay, what really matters? Does the, do all of these people with all of these cameras and all of these recorders and uh, all of these people on Twitter and all these people on Instagram or TikTok or w- whatever you're doing on social media, like, do they really matter to you? 
Like, I, I think what matters to you should be, you know, what your family thinks, you know, what your dad thinks and your mom thinks. But, but it, it's a difficult time for for athletes, and they're they're all on social media. That's just the way it is. And but to have the discipline and, and the tools to understand what really matters, because our brains work in a, in a really interesting way. And it, it's a really simple process. If I was to give you guys a compliment right now, then you would take it. You'd feel pretty good about it. If I was to say something negative mm -hmm. to one of you, it would subconsciously affect the others that hear it. But it's going to hit you or affect you 10 times harder yeah. than that compliment I give you. And, and if you go on Twitter or social media, I get it all the time. I, I'm, I've been teaching my 14-year-old daughter about social media by showing her things that get sent to me. Mm. And here, look, th this is why you don't have an Instagram account and <laughs> I don't ready for it and these things. So I, I do think it is more difficult. I, I, I think the, the, the players and, and Canadian markets are really passionate markets. I think they carry more than uh, other markets. And I, I think it's just a great reminder to, to everyone that Man, instead of lighting the, these poor kids up on social media, maybe send them something positive every once in a while. But that's hard to come by on social media. And I think it's a really difficult thing for these players to uh, to get through. You know, the hard thing for me, Dallas, is I know some players are really good about even not going on social media or whatever or not or not reading it, like legitimately. But, you you know, when you talk about what's important, it's your family. It's then when they hear from their family, that's like, hey, sorry, you're dealing with like, they'll send a message that they think is being helpful because they're getting crushed oh, yeah. on social. Mm -hmm. And the family's like, hey, I saw that, you know, I got your back. And the player's like, well, well I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm trying to shield myself mm -hmm. from that. It's when the families get looped in and they're impacted. I think that people don't realize that. Yeah. And you've got to train your family the same yeah. thing. Yeah. You know? We, we've gone through it in our, uh, our home, and this goes way back to when I was in Edmonton, where, you know, my, hey, my, my greatest defender, and there's somebody you don't want to screw around with, is my wife. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. like, she will cut your throat, man, like, mm -hmm. for you cross me. And, you know, we, we had to go through the process in Edmonton there just to go, hey, like, just stop. And it's kind of like what I just said to you, like, do we really care what this person thinks of me it's i don't even know who it is and yeah. um that's just how i wrap my head around I, and I, i've just really simplified it like i see stuff sometimes and, it, and it's usually that way though it's usually right one of my buddies or somebody goes hey like did you see this and i was <laughs> right. like well like, no now well, now, now, now i have I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but but i kind of laugh at it now yeah. i'm just i just think it's pretty funny that somebody actually takes time out of their day to like send you some nasty message and, <laughs> and, and then like criticize your work where you have one of the top jobs in your field and they're doing something that they're probably really miserable at. Yeah. That's probably, yeah, that's probably the psychology of it. Right. And you guys get it too. Like I, I, I I'm, I'm, I, I'm trying, I'm trying not to jump here and be like, yeah, I, I know what you're, I know what you're going through. Cause God knows I wasn't a hockey coach in Edmonton, but yeah, it's complete. It's completely true. Like, right. And, and the, the stuff about one negative comment, having a way it, it, it oh my you gosh. got You got to not let the, I mean, it's a very, it, 
one bad apple spoiling the bl- the bunch is a is is a cliche, but but it's but it's true. Like it it poisons the well in in some regards, and that's tough. And that's and that's a tough element of you know be- behavioral well, science to get into if if you're if you're a if you're a hockey player with all these other concerns, right? Well, and like so, think about that right now. And this is where it, it's like it's scientifically proven uh, about the negativity to the positivity. Mm-hmm. So think about this right now. We're talking about Edmonton. Edmonton and Toronto. And what have we been talking about the whole time? Yep. Negative, yep. negative, negative, negative yep. stuff. Yeah. Not that. I, I yep. can go down the, I, I can take you for an hour right now on my positive uh, experiences in, in Toronto, my positive experience. Right. Yep. Not interested in, the, in that. Dallas. No, Come on. No. <laughs> what's the, <laughs> like, Hey, what's the worst right? thing someone's ever said to you on the internet? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Right. Like I know it's, it's, it, it's right. wild. It's not, yeah. It, it's a, it's amazing how our brains work, but that that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Well, Dallas, thanks for doing this. I know you probably like us want to go for a run after this and exercise. And I know that's, you have, what that's what I'm doing after that's, this. I'm going for are a you run. Really yeah, Good totally. for you. All right. But we uh, always, always insightful. Always appreciate your time, Dallas. Thanks so much for doing this. Hey, anytime guys. I appreciate it. Great stuff as always from Dallas. Um, his, uh, it's funny, we were talking before we recorded and he was talking about how he's had to readjust from kind of coach speak media to yeah. like actually he didn't even sharing ask, insightful didn't even things. Ask him about and boy, that. I know I meant to. And I then, well, we didn't have, we didn't have um, to. He was great. He was insightful. This was not coach speak. It was uh it's awesome. If Dallas wants to stick in this uh profession, I think we'll have an easy we'll happily time. move out of the way. And also, yeah. and also, yes, he has effectively transitioned out of coach speak where he was open like get up there for 10 minutes and not say anything well, said some stuff there that was helpful that was great coming up next say the it only good segment there you go the only good segment on the show we'll be right back and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free you see this a family watching baseball on direct tv with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy i hope getting all these games on direct tv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds direct tv has the most mlb games visit directtv.com claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of rsn's varies by zip code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply don't just ride the index seek to outperform it with fidelity active etfs learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. This is the only good segment on the show. So when we wade into the comment section, who's braver than us for doing stuff like this, you know? Mm, so brave. Nobody. Fire now f- I'm scared f- to read a negative one. Fire, he is right about the comments. Firefighters, maybe? Yeah. Braver than us? Oh, who knows? I'm sure. Yeah. I know some firefighters. Are I like great. One bad comment, even when we're doing this, when someone's like, that's all you guys talk about is, and I'm like, oh man, people hate it's us. Really tough. We're, like, we're I, like we're a mess. We're so. I sat like soft. I was just trying to sit there and like not say anything as he brought that up because God knows, say Dallas Aiken's wife, for example, faces a lot <laughs> significantly nastier 
you know, caliber of stuff than I have to deal with for writing about Matthew Kajuk or whatever, but it's tough. Tough life. Like I said, we're like coal miners or something. It's 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 very, very difficult work we're doing here. <sighs> so hard. Thomas H. Athletic Hockey Show Tuesday fill-in power rankings. Are you ready for these? Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Number one. That's, that's great. Thomas's ranking. Mm-hmm. I'm inclined to agree with him. Okay. Number one, Shayna. Number one, Shayna. She's the goat. Even Sean McIndoe can't take her down. Absolutely not. God, God knows he tried. McIndoe's a mean guy. <sighs> Very mean. Number two, Max Boltman. Everyone likes Maxie. That's true. So good. Have you met someone who doesn't like him? Mm-hmm. Max, me too. We'll talk offline. Yeah, okay. Just want, just want to make sure we're on the same page there. Yeah, like a lot of people. Yeah, you have no idea. It's all an act. <laughs> guy's mean. Number three, speaking of, speaking of mean people, Jeremy Rutherford mm. brought John Hamm with sure. him, Thomas says, which is true. That alone is enough. To if you are going to fill in, come with an A-list goods. celebrity. Bring, That's what I would say. Bring the goods. Number four, Craig Custance. Mm-hmm. As a fill in. Solid all the times he fills in. <laughs> Listen, listen, I'm just got here to him, fill baby. Gaps, folks. Thomas H. Thomas Swish. There, there will be a one day. So, what people don't realize, this has just been. Remember, well, remember that show? It was like uh, you could try out for Sports Center and rotate, and then they, they picked somebody. Dream I job. That's what this should be. I or think something. The end, this is like a bit of a dream because co-hosting with you, Sean, as we all know, <laughs> is a dream job for somebody. For Dallas Ake. He's coming for then, your job. Then one day, that'd be great. Then I can fill in. That's my dream. That's my dream job. Like you, you bring me in like once every six 100%. months. Hundred percent. That's it. That's always. That's always fun. You can just come in, come in hot. You throw throw gas for a couple hours and be like, "All right, see you later." I'm out. See you I later. I mean, that's basically what I'm doing here. Eric A says, "Excellent list in a sick Craig Burn. Well done, sir. I like. We love it." Adam P. with a functional question here. What is the origin slash purpose of the coin jingling sound effect when you say this is the only good segment on the show? Ah, good question. Longtime listeners will remember that segment was briefly called like Our Two Cents or something. Um, it is no longer. It's the only good segment on the show. But we kept the sound effect because we like it. It's fun. It's a nice little signifier that we've moved away from actual conversations with important people who decide to waste their time with us. So we're keeping it. Sorry if that's a problem, Adam P. It is confusing. Like we, we used to say, I don't even know if we even said my two cents. I think it was like the name of the segment on like our producer sheet <laughs> and then just the sound. We need, we do need more sound effects, Jeff. If you can put like some like air horns, springs, reggae, reggae air horns. <laughs> <laughs> Richard S. says, if Deadbeat Craig and Absentee Father Ian Mendez have started a secret family-esque second podcast podcast and i don't find out about it until 18 years later when a graduation party invite accidentally gets sent to the wrong address i'm gonna be pissed you guys have apartments in the city don't ask questions there is a secret podcast the nice guys Corey e two straight weeks the comments working with craig gone i think we can rule out that he didn't sabotage the comments before taking his Mexico trip, Dennis Nedry style, which is true. We got those fixed. We got them fixed quickly once we realized mm-hmm. that there was that it wasn't just a problem that was affecting my phone specifically. That was an actual. We should have said me and Max talked to Keith Jones last week, Craig. I'm sure you're completely aware of that. He was great. 
um, we enjoyed our conversation with him. And Corey is kind of saying as much here. He's saying he can see why Keith was hired by Philly. Uh, you can hear his passion about the city. And every answer mm-hmm. had a promotion of the franchise R to it. He seems like a proper fit for team president. And I agree. Like, I think, I think that's part of the reason that's a, that's a, that is maybe an, I don't want to say it's an old school president hire. I don't know if that's necessarily correct, but. Kind of is. It feels like the John Davidson type, like, hey, come out and make you feel great about the city and the franchise. Yeah. He's not out there, you know, with scouting or like submitting draft prospect reports or. You know, scouring the waiver wire or anything. Team I don't think so. Do you want your team president weighing in at the draft table? I don't think so. And we said it last week, but I'll say it again. Like, we said this with Keith, really, in, in one way or another. It, this hinges on Daniel Breer. It just does. Like, if he's if he's mm-hmm. good as a general manager, if he makes the, if they make the right hires, if if he has the goods and everyone involved there seems to think believe that he does, if he puts that on display, this is going to work. And if, and if, and if he doesn't then it won't but having that guy who can be the who can be the public face who can be the message deliverer who can be the connective tissue between business ops and hockey ops and who and who can sit there and gas up a franchise that's completely lost its way and is in danger of losing its foothold in philly to some extent because of the apathy the deserved apathy that people there have like who better i'm on board with it and I'm not just saying this because he talked to us last week and was in was in, mm, in, in, in a little school. bit maybe. No, I'm just joking. I think I'm, I think I'm, on, it, think I'm on record there. If you want to, if you're a Flyers fan, you want to get to know Danny Breer better. I got him back when the full yep. sixty was a thing. There's a great episode because Danny was great talking, and it was about his transition to being a front office from a player to front office. And you could just like by the end of it, I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be really good in this role. And Russo Russo got him too in a similar capacity at the GM meetings, yeah. which is back. That's back in the feed. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You can't do it until you do it. But also, all the arrows point in the right direction for Danny Briere. And that's that's what's it's all going to hinge on here. Let's be real. The fly, if, if the Flyers yeah. dig their way out of this, it's not going to be because of Keith Jones primarily. And if this falls flat, it's not going to be because of Keith Jones primarily. But in that job, doing what he seems to be... Also, by the way, he has not shut up for the past week. Like, he is doing availabilities out the yang with anybody who asks right mm-hmm. and that's it that's why he's there you want to win us over just be super just be nice that's all be nice be Don't nice. say mean things i was worried dallas his interview was like if i say something mean to one of you that's all you're gonna i was worried he was le- legit gonna say something mean and then i was gonna be thinking about that the rest of the day wait to throw me under the bus by the way with him and paul marie's mm, good god at least once a month i'm always <laughs> like whenever someone's like yeah people were slinging arrows i'm like Dad, look, at, look at this look at this asshole and you, you point at me over zoom aaron l says i just want to just get the point about the cra- appreciated yeah. the crack in discussion that was that went beyond waving uh, around a shooting shooting percentage, but this is what I want to get to the PS. If Craig continues to abandon his Tuesday boys responsibilities, I will have no choice but to unfollow him on Goodreads. <laughs> that's it. Vote with your follows. That's that's the only threat so far that's worked. That's how you know. Come on. That's how you know. I've got, I'm up to like eleven friends on Goodreads, and if I lose one of them now. So you know a relationship is really over when you start unfollowing each other on social media. Sometimes it's Twitter, or sometimes mm, it's it, sometimes it's don't good reads. It. Alana O, oh, Coyotes fans are braver than the Marines. I agree. God bless them for what they've dealt with, and it's it isn't it's not over yet. 
it's not fair to pull these people through more through more mud. Eric A is a proud member of the hashtag Gentilians. This is it. it we we mm-hmm. were talking about um, companions for the Russo army, right? Where we need to name people with social media followings. Like Shane. Is, oh, the Gentilians is a thing. Shane is Goldman. I don't know. I think Eric A just just uh, just coined it. The Gentilians is pretty good. I I, th- I thought maybe that was on another podcast or something you do with like Greg Wyshynski. I don't know about, and no, that's what they call there's you. On only, there. There's that's only there's only one was. of those. Hmm. Jen, she's upset with me about some pronunciation issues. Sean, I get that sometimes it's hard to learn the pronunciations for the names of every player in the league, especially the Scandinavians, but Wyatt Johnston isn't that hard. I don't know if I just like, if I just mush mouthed it, because this is, you know, whatever we've, we've heard about this. This is the second straight podcast I've heard about this on. I must have mush mouthed it when I talk. I know his name is Wyatt Johnston. And I also know that it's Miro Haskinen and Rupa Hintz. I'm, I can nail all the, all the Scandinavian ones. So I think you're pretty good about pronunciation i'm i'm a little bit of a stickler for it that's why it always like kind of yeah. like gets my goat to see that i've screwed something up but whatever i mean that's going to be the one you think of the rest of the day that that why comment. john stun oh, i got i Haley brought it up to me on friday and i like threw a shit fit about it while, while we were recording um but you always pronounce why it seismic accurate whatever that's a mistake but me but me like i said me mush mouthing johnston is you know whatever Mark R. Sean, when you asked if I saw someone celebrate like Matthew Kachuk did before, and I said yes once, was I referring to watching him celebrate or a previous time I saw someone celebrate like that? I'll hang up and listen. Mark R., this is another wonderful Simpsons reference. I just wanted to point this out specifically. Have you ever seen someone throw a shoe? Yes, once. One of the great Simpson jokes ever. There's been a lot written about it. Read about it if you're a nerd. But that is what I was deliberately referencing in something I read about Matthew Kachuk. Thank you, Mark R. So I've been like we introduced the kids to The Simpsons, and it's funny and it's great. And my, we've been watching the old episodes that I liked as a kid. That's all you got to like, watch. Hey, by remember the way. this one? That's the old ones are funnier, and they're like, oh, it's good. But then um, there was like three or four references they didn't get to, like of Don course. Mattingly or something. And so then we're like, hey, let's watch a new one, like that just came out, which I haven't oh, God, done in like, years. They, like I'm always they watching. Like it? Were they were the kids well, like they we loved it this. because they they were dying because it was like here's an Adam Schefter joke and here's a you know whatever it was and my son you know my son who's obsessed with that stuff like they I, I get that the Simpsons aren't you know I guess it's like Saturday Night Live or whatever but they the 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 pop culture references were way funnier to the kids now yeah which is obvious like they're not getting jokes about the Smashing Pumpkins or whatever or whatever they're not being writ written in 1992 <laughs> by people who grew up in the 70s any or anymore like it's there's a whole another frame of reference that doesn't matter seasons mm. three through nine are still the way to go are your kids even are your kids Gen Z or are they what comes after Gen Z I don't whatever's after it what's after uh, who knows I think I don't know generation AI the, scour- the scourge of our society. I've got one minute to wrap this up. That's it. Wednesday. We're done. <laughs> okay. Great. Thank you guys as always. The, uh, Thank you guys nope. as always for, the, for, for jumping in. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, was great. Mm-hmm. You're cutting me off. Follow the Athletic Happy Show on <laughs> the Happy Show. Watch the Happy Show. It's it's our IPA yeah. breakdown. It's only on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at sign the athletic hockey show. I take that very seriously now that I'm responsible for building up the YouTube page. Also, did, did you did, did you care before? No, 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 no. Nope. nope. Care a lot now. And <laughs> hey, 
Um, Craig Conroy, if you're listening, we'd like to get you on next week. <laughs> we want to talk um, Calgary Flames. Um, it would be great. Craig's, Craig's a great conversationalist, so I'm looking forward to that. We just got to lock it down. The Craig C. Show. And here, here's your here's your upcoming... Mm-hmm. CC. <laughs> we could just be like, great question, CC. You got it, CC. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening. And have a great Victoria Day. What's left of it?